This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Great to have you with us on this Monday night. What a week ahead. Boy, if you're a basketball fan, what a great week in South Carolina. Gamecocks in Kentucky tomorrow night with the Wildcats having their new secret weapon, not so secret weapon, that big fella that for some reason the NCAA made him sit out, what, nine games because he was a professional overseas? Or what is he over here? Doesn't make any sense to me. And then South Carolina women go to LSU, the most anticipated game of the year in the SEC on Thursday night. And then Clemson goes to Duke on Saturday. Tigers are off this week. They go to Duke on Saturday coming off a win at Florida State. So, you know, it was a good Saturday for South Carolina Clemson men's basketball, a good Sunday for USC women. Everybody wins, so everybody's happy from that standpoint. Unlike last uh, week at this time when people were, you know, complaining about the teams losing over the weekend. So, uh, or let's see. Um, well, actually, it was Tuesday South Carolina lost to Georgia. So they, were, they were grumbling um, after that. But uh, smiles on everybody's faces after what the Gamecocks did at Arkansas and what Clemson did down at uh, Florida State. Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel here at our Columbia studios, and that is Chris Bergen trying Hi. to uh, burst through the airwaves from the uh, Bergie Palace in Sardis. Yeah, big Z back for Kentucky. And if I'm not mistaken, Phil, international players also are uh, unable to collect name, image, and likeness. So if they can't get name, image, and likeness, why wouldn't they be allowed to maybe make some money back home? I, I agree with you. I think it's a silly rule, and it would be not the first passed by the NCAA. Well, i tell you what, though. I mean, it's already Kentucky, so you know they're already loaded with talent. Exactly. And they just add another stud, a big stud at that. Boy, the Gamecock, because this is a, um, you know, like so many international bigs, he likes to stay outside and shoot the three. But what is he, like seven three, seven four? He's a big guy. Yeah, he is. And he's, he's going to give, give South Carolina a lot of trouble. They're really um, <clears throat> promoting this game. The Gamecocks are calling for a blackout. And, I'm, I, I, you know, there'll be a lot of Kentucky fans. They always, because they can't get tickets in Lexington, they buy tickets to these road games, and they really uh, trash the place in terms of their presence. And I imagine there'll be a bunch of Kentucky fans at the Colonial Life Arena tomorrow night. There usually are when Kentucky comes to Columbia. So this will be a, um, a big test for South Carolina and to the quality of this year's Gamecock team, which they have proven themselves by winning on the road at Missouri, winning on the road at Arkansas, uh, two difficult places for them to win over the years, and they went and got it done. And, you know, getting that win in Arkansas was a nice pickup after losing that home game to Georgia. 
You know, the one thing I think Lamont Paris wants to see now out of his team is they've they've shown the ability to bounce back after bad performances. Second half against Alabama, they were terrible. They go and beat Missouri, even though they trailed the majority of the ball game, find a way to win in overtime. Then they come out and last Tuesday have a game that inexplicably they lose just because they can't get on the glass, which they've done a nice job against Georgia, and then they miss free throw after free throw, and then they bounce back and lead wire to wire at Arkansas and just look dominant. And it's amazing what happens, how good a coach you are. When your team's making shots, 50% from the field at Arkansas, you're not going to lose that ball game. And they dominated from start to finish. Now the question is, can they translate that performance? Same thing for Clemson. Can they translate the most recent performance and go back-to-back with it? And they'll need to tomorrow night to have any chance to beat Kentucky. Absolutely. Um, they uh, did a lot of good things, like you said. Uh, and as we've said, everybody says, you know, basketball's a make-or-miss sport. You're making shots. Everything looks good. But I thought that uh, in South Carolina's case, I thought from the very beginning against Arkansas, instead of letting Arkansas set the tone, they set the tone. And they mm-hmm. came out and played really, uh, really good defense. They ran their offense well. And then with B.J. Mack knocking down some deep threes, that is such a boost to their offense. Even on a day when Michi Johnson didn't have a big day offensively, uh, they they got the assist from uh, Mac knocking down threes, which makes that defense really uh, spread itself, and it opened up some inside game for USC. They had a number of, of layups to go down for them as well, as they were able to attack inside as the defense spread to cover the the three point shot. So, I thought it was a good game plan, good execution by South Carolina, and a place where again they've had trouble winning. They got a W, and then Clemson goes down to Florida State, and this is a Florida State team that was red hot, remember, where they won. They'd won five straight ACC games going in, I believe. They were playing some really good basketball, Mm -hmm. and Clemson went down there and cooled them off, and even with um, some foul difficulties for, um, um, that was, uh, let's see, who it was, um, Shefflin. Shefflin had some foul difficulties this time, I believe. Uh, and his time was limited. I think he had like only 17 minutes of floor time. But P.J. Hall was P.J. Hall. He was tremendous. And their their bench, um, they, the bench gave him a nice contribution. So a good win for them uh, against a team that uh, was playing good basketball on the road. And it just kind of turns everything back around for Clemson. They they get back on the winning track. And really um, now they got a, a week to kind of get some things healthy and um, – Maybe they get Alex Hemingway back this week. I don't know. He, he's still you know, been hampered by that, that hamstring. They've gotten Jack Clark back, and he's able to contribute. And you got a full week to get ready to go play Duke. So this sets up very nicely for Brad Brownell and company. You just wish, though, Duke had not lost to Pittsburgh over the weekend. You'd rather catch Duke playing pretty well and not being upset. I don't know if Duke has a midweek game or not this week to sort of get right before Clemson. But the Tigers went back to doing what they should do, what is in their DNA. They played defense again. They got after Florida State, and they dominated the glass, which they ought to do all the time. I mean, they're a very good rebounding team. And when you're a plus, I think they were a plus 17 off the backboards, going to be difficult to beat a team as talented as Clemson when they're rebounding and also playing defense. I mean, right around 40% shooting for Florida State on the road. Uh, they did a lot of the things that South Carolina did to beat Arkansas. They, they threw it right back in Florida State's face, and that's a good bounce-back win for them. And you're right, Phil, they, they've got a week to sort of fine-tune some things and go get a quality, and this would be a quality road win if they could pull it off on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, Duke does play at Louisville Tuesday. 
Okay, so which they is, don't really have a game this which week. Is like, yeah, which, which is like having the night off the way, uh, <clears throat> the way Louisville's playing. But, you know, Clemson got 21 minutes out of Jack Clark, uh, seven points and seven rebounds. So that's a nice boost off the bench. Dylan Hunter played 13 minutes. Beetle gave him uh, 26 minutes and 12 points. I mean, again, a boost off the bench. Their bench was really good for them uh, down at Florida State. As I mentioned, Shefflin only played 17 and a half minutes. Uh, and he fouled out. Um, P.J. Hall did have three fouls, but he was able to play over 26 minutes. So they were able to keep P.J. on the floor as much as necessary. The bench was good for them, uh, and they shot the ball in the second half at a 61% clip. They finished 51% for the game. Uh, Making shots is what it's all about in basketball Mm -hmm. at at any level. Everything looks better when the ball's going in the hoop. So good win for Clemson. And a good win for South Carolina. Now they get ready for what's ahead. And I just saw this tweet coming out of uh, Louisiana about the uh, South Carolina LSU game for the women and the excitement starting to build up there. Corey Diaz, who used to cover South Carolina for the Greenville News before returning to his home in Louisiana to work down there. And he said right now, depending on where you want to sit for this South Carolina LSU game, one ticket could run you $904. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. LSU <laughs> women's basketball, LSU women's basketball, South Carolina ticket prices cost as much as $1,000 um, is the headline to the story. Number one, South Carolina, again, number one this week, unanimous this week. And LSU, number nine, at 18-2, and 5-1 and one in league play. 7 o'clock matchup on Thursday on ESPN. Uh, ESPN's going to hype the heck out of this one. And um, LSU told the Daily Advertiser, the paper he writes for, the team has sold all of the tickets it plans to sell before game day, holding a small number for walk-up sales on game day, so a sellout is expected Thursday night. Uh, ESPN's college game day will be there. Uh, as game day approaches, ticket prices on the secondary market are up to as high as $1,281 for a pair of seats. That's for a pair of seats in Section 112. Um, another outlet, Vivid Seats, has the highest price for two tickets at 1173 So you're talking <clears throat> $600 a ticket for a women's basketball game. The going rate for a pair of tickets in Section 112 is $904. Um, you could get a single-game ticket for $79 in the upper deck. Or <laughs> there is, is one incredible. on StubHub for $970. So. This is incredible. LSU sells men's season basketball tickets starting at only $100. Mm-hmm. I would bet, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I think I'm probably pretty close to being accurate here. Factor in all the other SEC games. I'm going to assume there's a full slate on Thursday. I haven't looked much past LSU and South Carolina because that's really the only game that matters. But I would bet tickets for every one of those other games doesn't come close to costing $900 if you add no. them all together. No, I, I would agree. I mean, this is um, this is the game of the year. It's a huge deal, no in, doubt. In the SEC, and, and I guess probably nationally, you're talking about mm-hmm. two really good teams, two very famous national championship coaches, two outspoken coaches in different ways. So, yeah, yeah, I could see why it would it would raise the uh, the ticket interest so highly. Okay, phone number, 888-898-2525. Let's go ahead and get to your phone calls. 
We'll drop in some notes. We've got some recruiting information for you. We'll hear from Lamont Paris, who met with the media today over at the uh, Colonial Life Arena. After their practice, we'll bring you some of his uh, comments. Also, the new receivers coach at South Carolina, James Coley, met with the media last week. We'll bring you a little bit of what he had to say as well. So we got plenty on this Monday night. 888-898-2525 is the phone number. Gamecock Larry in Swansea. First up this week on Sports Talk, happy to know you made it through another weekend feeling good and ready to rock and roll. Gamecock Larry, what's up? I'll tell you what, I feel good this weekend, but I'm going to, I mean, this Monday after this weekend, but I'm going to feel a whole lot better Friday morning. We go Kentucky coming down here with this big tall guy. High in the world. I don't know how they can get a professional player to play college basketball, but they did. They're going to come down here. We're going to kick that big tall guy in the knee, mm. and we meet you, Johnson, going to shoot his three, and we're going to take Kentucky to the woodshed. I like tomorrow that. Night. A kick in the knee and, and shoot the three. How about that? That's a good slogan. A kick yeah. in the knee and shoot the three. Yes, sir. And then Thursday night, I was sitting here side of my bed after I took my shower uh, this morning, and I must have dozed off, but I had a dream. I dreamed over the Rick Flair of ladies basketball, Kim Mulkey, pushed down Staley, and when she did, they threw a technical on her. Mm. And boys, then she went wild, and I woke up. But you know what? We're going to take LSU to the woodshed. Now listen, in that we, dream, in that dream, when Mulkey pushed Staley, did Staley turn around and pop her? Nope. Staley just being the latest she is. She just turned her back and walked off and smiled mm. because she knew she got under old Mulkey's skin. Mm. Yes, sir. She just walked off and smiled. Mm-hmm. But we go. I'm gonna feel good Friday morning. Well, we good. Yes, sir. But then I got to think about we in men's basketball. Four and one sure sounds a lot better than three and two. But we ain't. We give one away. So we three and two. Could have been four and one. And another thing, I, my drag racer team went up to Maryland. Uh, CW went up there, got up. I don't know what time they left, but he went up to Maryland yesterday and got all kind of points for the dragster and brought him to come on back. And he got back here last night at 5 o'clock, and I asked him, how in the world can anybody drive to Maryland, get all the stuff you've got and everything, and got back in five, by 5 o'clock? He didn't know, but, I, but I, I'm telling you, he must be, he's a dragster. Well, I was going to say, so he's probably way, driving 120 miles an hour down I-95. He's a drag swimmer, but it, but I tell you one thing, Mama got him when he got home because he wasn't supposed to go by himself. But old hard head, he went anyway. But I know 
He got it when he got home, but everything's under control. Good. And like I say, like I say, oh, yeah, I want to ask you one question. Now, you know, uh, oh, Lord, mm. this guy down there in Alabama, uh, what's his name, took over Nick Saban's place. Did he tell Coach Nick DeBoer. Saban to clean? Coach DeBoer. Did he tell, did he tell Nick Saban to clean out his office, too? I doubt yeah, it. I just wonder. I seriously well, doubt I, it. Uh huh. Well, I said, well, I understand he told all the rest of them clean the office out, and this man right there is going to be the Harson, Harson, whatever it was at Auburn, the Harson of 2027. He's going to be on his way out. And he's going to be calling. He wishes he'd have kept some of them Alabama supporters. Mm. He's going to find out. We play a whole lot of different football down south, and they play where he came from. But that's about all i got to say, but I'm feeling good. good. And I'm a man, old Kim Mook and the Rick Flair, ladies basketball. She ought to be ashamed of herself, but I got to say, I think she won two or three championships in Baylor, so she must know something. But we're going to put her down. Do, if, you, if, you, if you and Kim Mulkey got into a wrestling ring, which one would pin the other? I would. I tell you what. I'd. I'd. I'd pin her. I'd pin her. Unless she takes three seconds. I'd pin her in four seconds. <laughs> okay. I'd grab. I'd grab one of the most fun body jackets she got on her right around her neck, and she'd have been down for the count. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I appreciate 104.7. I appreciate Mr. Phil Pat and Chris and all of them, and I appreciate all you Clemson fans. But I'm going to tell you, this old man is almost 90 years old, mm. and I'm feeling good like an old man should. There you go. And I'll talk got all those, to you Got later. all those pretty nurses taking care of you. Okay, Larry, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, man. But they were me. Why don't they leave the old man alone at least one day a week? Mm. They come out here every day wanting this, wanting that, wanting that. I tell them I'm going to sleep. And I act like I'm asleep when they knock on the door. But when they open it, they know I'm, they know I'm just pretending mm. I ain't asleep. But everything's going to be okay. Go Gamecocks. And I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say something about old Dabo. Dabo, keep your bags packed because you're going to be in Alabama in 2027. Mm. About 2027, mm. you're going to be in Alabama. That's where you're going to go. I just got, I know it. And like I say, love all y'all. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Larry's got some good juice flowing <laughs> through those veins tonight, boy. Taking good care of him over at the VA. Larry, thank you very much. Uh, Kentucky comes in as the number one offense in the country. Like almost 92 points per game. How many will they score? Well, the Gamecocks, of course, the Gamecocks pride themselves on their defense, and they're very good. Right. But they also have to score. They're not going to win this game in the 50s. They're going to win this game. They're going to have to win in the 70s at least. Yep.
yeah, I think they've got to get 78 to 80 points to have a chance. Because if you know, you're not going to hold Kentucky under probably 75, it, and, and that's playing exceptional defense to hold them to 75. Absolutely. I continue with the phones. Triple eight eight nine eight twenty five twenty five. Gavin's here as well. Hey, Gavin. Good to see you. Uh, Tiger Bryan. Tiger Bryan. He was with us on Friday. Didn't hold on. So now we carried him over. He's been holding through the weekend. So we appreciate your patience. That's dedication. That, that is. is dedication. Well, it's called paying the price. You know the. Again, as I've said over the years, being on the air on Sports Talk, that's not a birthright. Okay, It's not a given. You have to earn the right to be on Sports Talk. You have to pay the price. Simply pay the price. Tiger Bryan's paid the price. Tiger Bryan, what's going on? Hey, last week I was the first loser. You called me a loser. This week, Cornbread, you're a loser. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm a- mm. That cuts deep. That cuts deep. That cuts deep. Well, that cut deep last week you called me a loser about my doubts. Yeah. yeah. Well, what goes around comes around. Well, I understand. But at least, at love, least, at least, let me say the. Hang on, let me say this. When your team lost to my team, you deserve to lose. When my team I lost did. to San Francisco Saturday, didn't. we didn't deserve Y'all to lose. Didn't. I mean, we won that. Nope. We we should have won that game. That was our game. Well, that game was what, there for the taking. It was in our hands. We should have taken it. We should have taken it. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Paul. Me and you, Pat, and all, we can referee better than most of them referees in NFL now. I mean, it's sad. You know. Well, I'd like to see the NFL, number one, I'd like to see them take some of the handcuffs off the defense. I mean, Andy. seriously. Wouldn't you, Chris? Yep. It's impossible to play defense in football. Yeah. And speaking of the officials, Phil, and, and I'll side with you a little bit, it looked to me on McCaffrey's touchdown run in the third quarter – I don't think they got the snap off before the play clock. They did ran not. Out. They did not. They did not. I'm screaming I really at the television. That should have been a delay. I'm screaming. I'm saying it's it's delay. It's de- and yeah. Now let me say this. Uh, that was a big miss. The TV clock isn't always in coordination with the officials' clock. Right. So, but that was a big miss if that's the case because of yeah. the way that play yeah. uh, ultimately ended. We got no one to blame but ourselves. We got no one. To, listen, yeah. you drive in the red zone three times. We had the ball for three real possessions in the first half. All three times we take it inside the 15, we get six points out of it. You're not going to win on the road in the playoffs with that. Even then, we still were leading in the fourth quarter with a chance. And, of course, we missed a field goal, which I knew he was going to miss. I told anybody that would listen to me, he's going to miss it because that's what he does. He misses field goals. So did your head coach. <laughs> Who evidently says every time Carlson runs out there, he prays. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tiger Brian. We're taking away from you. Well, I, I worked with a guy that he was in that field. Uh, he worked, for, you know, he's a referee, and he would leave here in Langston on Wednesdays to go for a game on Sunday. I, I know him. You talking about uh, Howie? Howie, Gibbo Howie. Howie, Howie. It's Ho- Howie. Yeah, yeah. Jimbo, good guy. I know his Boy, brother. Been thirty years. That's so good. His brother was a said, uh, Jimbo, sports y'all, writer. Why y'all let leave on Wednesday to go for the Sunday game? We got to have meetings and da I find I told him I said, it's rigged. He said no, it ain't rigged. We have to go through you know da da. But you know what? He used to be ACC uh, referee. Mm-hmm. 
he made a bad call years ago. It was probably in, in the nineties before he went to the NFL. I give uh, his air conditioner broke down twice. And I, I said, you remember that call? You didn't call him a pass interference from Clemson to get something. <laughs> I give him a fit. No, mm. no I fixed his air conditioner. You know what I mean? But, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, what's the thing about the new quarterback coming to uh, Carolina from Auburn? The the new – do I think about who? The quarterback from Auburn going to transfer to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Carolina. Yeah, Robbie Alford. Um, I think that's um, a good pickup for South Carolina. We'll talk about it after the break. I think that's a good pickup for the Gamecocks because, number one, I think his plan is to come in and compete. And, number two, he's a guy that's got a lot of experience that can help a young quarterback room. Be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel with you. Phone number 888-898-2525. And going back to uh, the question Tiger Bryan left us with, and I'm eventually going to get the name right, Robbie Ashford. Don't know why I always want to call him Robbie Alford. Robbie Ashford. And our poll question of the week, which you now have a chance to address, our poll question of the week is... Who do you expect to be the Gamecocks starting quarterback in game one of 2024? In alphabetical order, Robbie Ashford, Luke Doty, Dante Reno, Lenora Sellers. 485 votes are in, 92% Sellers, 4.5% Ashford, 2.7 Doty, 0.8 Reno. So, I don't know that I would – listen, I know that Lenore Sellers has flashed, flashed in the spring game, I guess, last spring, and a little bit when he had a chance to play in mop-up duty. And there were a few games, I guess, he got some real real playing time when they put him in for specific reasons. But um, I would think that Ashford is probably thinking he's coming in to compete. I would think so, too. I mean, you don't transfer – I don't know why you would bring him yeah. in otherwise. Well, and why would you transfer – from a situation where you were the starter, wasn't he the starter most of the year at, at Auburn? I think all the way to the end. I think he was starting. I think he started against Alabama. I go back and double check, but well, he started. He started nine games in twenty twenty two. This past year, he was mostly the backup for Peyton Thorne. So Ooh. that may have been part of the reason. Peyton, exactly. <laughs> that may have been part of the I'm reason. Seriously, I, I don't recognize that name. Yeah. Um. That's interesting. Well, let's see. Robbie Ashford this year for uh, Auburn played in 10 games. Let's see here. Played in 10 games. Uh, yeah, only threw 27 passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was mostly in there to run the football, it looks like. Yeah, he threw, actually had more rushing yards. Threw, for, threw 250 passes the previous year. Yeah, he's not really known for his throwing, is he? He is Does considered a much be. better runner. 
mm-hmm. than he is a passer. Yet, this was a highly rated dude coming out of Hoover High School. Originally went to Oregon. You know, Oregon, they take they don't take slouches at Oregon. Uh, decided to come back home to, to Auburn. So, you know, I don't know if he's a one-dimensional guy or not. His stats would say pretty much he is a one-dimensional guy. You make him into a, a passer. If you can make him into a passer, you got a chance to, to handle him, it sounds like. Now, uh, the Sellers, we've certainly seen, can throw the football and also is very mobile. So um, maybe he's got the, the more complete package. But i got to believe that um, that he's coming to South Carolina to push uh, Sellers and provide some type of competition in that quarterback room. I would agree. I don't think you bring him in otherwise, but I will say this about Lenore Sellers. One of the intangibles about him from everything I remember when he was at South Florence and thus far at Carolina, he's not only talented with his athleticism, but he's a sharp kid too, really smart. And I would think he's probably already ahead of all those guys with regards to the offense that Dow Loggins wants to run. So you would think that gives him clearly he and Luke Doty sort of a leg up on uh, Bevel, uh, wherever he's going to factor in too, and then certainly Dante Reno and, and Ashford. I would think uh, Sellers and, and Doty clearly have the head uh, leg up going into the spring. But once Ashford sort of settles in and gets the offense under his belt, then it's going to come down to who can perform. And I don't think South Carolina coming off the season they had this past year can play favorites here. You've got to stick the guy who's going to win football games for you out there regardless of who he is. A mm-hmm. couple of quick notes. The Panthers have named Dan Morgan as their new general manager, one-time player, been in the organization, so they stay in-house to fill that role. Now they have to hire their new head football coach. The ACC uh, is uh, dripping out information about their 2024 football schedule now with the full drop coming on Wednesday, as they like to put it exclusively on the ACC network, which I have to laugh when somebody who owns the information and owns the network tells everybody else that you're not having it because we're going to put it on our own property first. Thus, it makes it exclusive (laughs) for our network. Cut me some slack there, please. Uh, But today they announced week one, the schedule, all their teams, all 17, will play week one. Of course, we already knew that Clemson was going to be playing Georgia week one. We already knew that Florida State and Georgia Tech – are going to be playing uh, in the first game of the season, right, over in Ireland. That's week zero. They're going to play August the 24th. The season's going to begin August the 24th in Ireland. And in what? <laughs> this week? Like this week next year? Yeah, really. Will the national championship game be around the 20th or so? Yeah, yeah it's, January? Late. it's later yeah. next year. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Labor Day will have – uh, North Carolina going to Minnesota, and NC State hosting Western Carolina, and Wake Forest at home against North Carolina A&T. Uh, Stanford will host TCU. Duke will be at home against Elon. Of course, I told you about Clemson, Georgia, over in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Virginia Tech at Vanderbilt. Pitt will be at home to Kent State. Ohio at Syracuse. Austin P at Louisville, uh, Kentucky, I'm sorry, um, Cal. It's going to be so weird to talk about Cal football. <laughs> Cal hosting UC Davis. ACC fans have been waiting on that matchup. I can't tell you how long they've been waiting on that matchup. UC Davis at Cal, Georgia State at Georgia Tech, 
uh, SMU against Houston Christian. Not just Houston. Yeah, right. There's a Houston Christian. Or Texas Christian. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is a Houston Christian. Right, right. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, yeah it's not, not TCU. It's H. Yeah, I've never heard of Houston. I've never yeah. heard of Houston Christian. Um, you know. Uh, in Virginia. Florida, that first week. I beg your pardon? Now, Miami at Florida that first week, too. Yeah, and Virginia hosting Richmond. And then, um, let's see. They will have, on Labor Day that Monday, um, Boston College will travel to Florida State on Labor Day Monday night. That's the big uh, TV game for them on Labor Day Monday night. Boston College going to Florida State. Did I, did I get them all? I think you got everybody. Yeah. Yep. Um, and now tomorrow they're going to tell us they're going to release like their Thursday and Friday games as they tease us. And then Wednesday will be the, the full release of the entire schedule. That's the important thing to see as far as Clemson is concerned to find out you know who you're playing. Just got to find out, um, and you know where you're playing, home and away. Just got to find out when you're playing uh, these teams. So that'll be that'll be wrapped up tomorrow. What else? Uh, a couple of other notes um, before we get back to your phone calls. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five updated net rankings for in-state teams, and Clemson is number thirty-four. Gamecocks, 61. College of Charleston, 129. Furman is 142. Winthrop is 167. Wofford is 201. Citadel's 231. Presbyterian is 299. Upstate is 308. Coastal is at 322. Charleston Southern is at 323. And South Carolina State is at 324. Not a lot to write home about except towards the top, is it? No. Thus, thus far this season. <clears throat> now, South Carolina could take a big uh, – well, Ooh. both so of these teams, Clemson. if they win, especially if Clemson wins on the road at Duke. Now, Clemson has got, as it stood as of yesterday, Clemson has got four games left against Q1 teams on their schedule. South Carolina's got seven games left against Q1 teams on their schedule as things were as of yesterday. And let's see, what else to tell you? How about the USC men's tennis team? They went and beat number one ranked defending national champion Virginia in Charlottesville yesterday. Pretty impressive. They got a good team. Of course, they were they made a deep run last year, and uh, they look good again this year, ranked preseason number five. USC baseball team will open spring practice. Everybody does on Friday, and the Gamecocks going to scrimmage at uh, Founders Park, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all open to the uh, public. Mentioned that the USC women remain number one in the AP women's uh, poll this week, coming off the uh, – I mean, it's just not even funny when they play these teams. <laughs> what they they I mean, went on an 18 to nothing. They were at 15 yeah. nothing. 18. They were at 15 yeah. nothing. I flipped over late because, you know, five or so minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, good grief. All right, yeah. game over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just they just put their foot on your throat so quickly. It's over. Mm. And now, clearly, you would think Thursday would not be the case. I anticipate that one going into the fourth quarter. But if LSU cannot get out and run with South Carolina and, and figure out a way to play them defensively, LSU is going to struggle against them too yeah. because the Gamecocks can turn it up on the defensive end like nobody's business. And did you happen to see – I figured out now how you beat Iowa. 
you let Caitlin Clark score all the points she possibly can and just guard everybody else because they flashed up a stat. I think Iowa is 0-3 this, uh, I guess, in her career when she scores 45 or more points hmm. like she did yesterday against Ohio State and then got knocked down by a fan storming the floor yesterday. Mm. So I'm hoping that, along with the uh, Tulane uh, Memphis player. Some think I've, – I've seen some videos slowed down where people are saying that she um, she faked it. You know, I wish she just slugged the fan. Yeah. Hit him right square in the mouth. Or she. Because, I think it was a she that hit him. Hit her. Either way, yeah. she should have slugged the fan. Because what's going to happen when one of these players gets serious? Let's take Caitlin Clark. Had she torn her ACL or something, heaven mm-hmm. forbid, and been out for the rest of the season because Ohio State fans were out on the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you basically had ended, you would have ended Iowa's any chance they had to play for a national championship right there. With stupid fans. Well, who storms and, the floor after a women's basketball game anyway? <laughs> How about Memphis Tulane? They had a court storming, too. Was the same scenario. Men or women? That was a men's game yesterday. Yeah. Tulane, Tulane upset Memphis. They stormed the floor, and they hit a Memphis player. Well, I mean, who storms the floor after beating? Well, Memphis was a top-ten team, I think. But right. still, come on, yeah. people. Act like you've been there before. That's the way I look at it. <clears throat> Uh, UCLA's number two. The Gamecocks got all 35 first-place votes. Then it's UCLA, Colorado, Kansas State, Iowa, Stanford. Iowa's still number five. Uh, they're down three. So they weren't, they weren't really hit too hard by the AP voters. Stanford, six. Of course, their coach out there became the all-time winningest coach in college history. NC State, uh, UConn, eight. Uh, LSU is nine. And then Texas is at number ten. That is the, the, the women's poll. The men's poll, uh, no South Carolina, no Clemson in the ranking Boy, they there. Could, they couldn't wait to get us out of the polls, could they? No. Uh, you lose two games, you know, in the past couple of weeks, so no, no more votes for those guys. Let's get them out. Yeah. Let's get them out of the way. Yeah, they don't, um, you know, you don't have that tradition. You don't get the benefit of the mm-hmm. doubt, you yeah, know. No doubt. Um, and so I'm trying to see here. Um trying to put my eyes on the poll, but I can't find it. Was it Connecticut still number one? Yes. No, it was Connecticut. Okay. Connecticut. I think so. Well, now that I say that. Yeah. And then Purdue? That sounds about right. i got to go here and find the um, – I've got the women's poll in front of me. I don't have the men's poll in front of me. So we'll have to find that and report back to you. Let's go ahead yeah, and hit our break. Purdue what you, what you got, Pat? Pat, you find it? No, I did not, but I wanted to add a couple notes, and I don't believe we've touched on this. If you said it while I stepped out for a minute, I apologize, but a couple big storylines from over the weekend involving athletes. This is on the professional rounds, but in football and golf, first of all, Tyler Bass, sad to see that that went wide right, His uh, the, the field goal kicker for the Bills, but he's an Irmo native, went to Dutch Fork High School, played soccer and football there. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat to see a local, a local guy, kid, now adult, uh, on a national stage. Again, hate to see it go the way it did, but... And then also Nick Dunlap, the golfer for Alabama, who became the first amateur to win since uh, a PGA Tour event since Phil Mickelson back in, I believe, 91. So I got confused because his bio on Alabama says that he's from Huntsville, Alabama. But I saw uh, Michael Pettit. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. He is the assistant AD at Riverside High School and was congratulating uh this young man, Dunlap, on the win, saying that he did play his freshman year at Riverside before moving back to Alabama, where he then went the homeschool route. But still, we can claim his, him as another South Carolina athlete with a huge win. Absolutely. Shot a 60 on Saturday. Two. And the question is, why can't he get paid? 
Everybody else gets paid. There's no amateur status anymore for anybody. I mean, why can't a judge rule that you got to pay the guy? Just like they ruled you got to pay the college athletes. Mm-hmm. How is it the PGA Tour can get away from not... I mean, I know the guy entered as an amateur voluntarily and all that kind of stuff. Why are there hey, how about that? amateur limitations still? He knew what he was signing up still? for, Phil. He knew what he was signing up for and is held to that standard. Now he has to decide if he wants... He's pulled out of the uh, tournament this week to go back to, to Alabama. Got to decide what he wants to do with his future. Be right back after this break. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When trouble comes like the accidents do, we all get sick and the bills pile too. There's only one number that can help see you through. And if you're healthy, here's what you should do. Call 605-7905. That's the number that you need to know. 605-7905. Zero dollar deductible. What's a deductible, you say? That's the price you have to pay before the insurance will say we'll help you. They keep that number out of reach because they know that you won't reach that number because they know you're healthy. 605-7905. Zero dollar deductible. 605-7905. 727 is the area code. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. George Bryant for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of 
that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device, whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. All right, got my eyes on it, finally. Yeah, new AP men's ranking, UConn and Purdue, 1-2. How about North Carolina? They're yeah, playing they're tonight well. against Wake Forest, undefeated in ACC play. They're number three. Houston is four. And then it's Tennessee, which looked very good Saturday. Kentucky is sixth. Then Kansas, Auburn, Arizona, and Illinois. That is your top ten. Duke is at number 12. So this week, if Duke hangs there or even moves up, you'll have Clemson against a top 12 and South Carolina against a top 10 in games uh, this week. So, going to be a lot of fun. Let's see what happens. Go back to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. And it is, um, is that Harris in Charleston? No, Hans. Hans. I'm sorry. Hans in Charleston. Hans, welcome to Sports Talk. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing fine. How's your device? The Hans device. Uh, the Hans device, man. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Probably the first time you've ever heard that. I, I feel secure. My neck's nice and stable right now, so I think I'm good to go. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was calling about the South Carolina starting quarterback conversation. Yeah. And I... I don't think there's a question. It's going to be Lenore Sellers. Um, the Robbie Ashford. I'm I'm actually a, a, a follow Auburn pretty pretty closely as well. And yeah, Ashford was the starter two years ago, um, and he's a run first primarily, and then a passer after that. And so, kind of one of the issues that happened with South Carolina is that they had a number of targets in the portal, but I don't think any of the guys that wanted to come in and, and, you know, almost be guaranteed a starting spot, they realized that I don't think they thought they were going to be able to beat out Sellers. So you had the kid from Vanderbilt, like, signed with with South Carolina and then essentially rescinded um, and went, you know, went elsewhere. Same thing with the guy from, you know, they were talking about the guy from um, Arkansas um, to come down. Um, but... Sellers is a talent that I don't think people really understand how good this guy can be. Um, watching him play at South Florence, um, he's just an incredible talent. Um, he's got it in between the head. He, he practices. He plays hard. He's put on 30 pounds since he's been at South Carolina. And, um, and I think one of the, the things they, you know, they, they, they restored his redshirt year this year, but he really could have been more of an asset. Like you had like a Tim Tebow, um, you know, with Florida. He was bigger than Tim Tebow was his freshman when Tebow was a freshman. Um, but the kid is, he outruns cornerbacks. Um, he's probably got one of the best deep balls you, you can throw. Um, and he can throw it over the top. The guy can throw it 60 yards on a line over the defense. And it's going to, it potentially is going to cause some problems. You know, he's got to develop his speed. There's going to be learning pains and everything, but, you know, the, 
they've they've got a kid here that has some of the most un you know undeniable raw talent that that you have out there. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I, what one other take is I, I think you got to watch with Dow Loggins the offense. The offense is going to change and it has to change. They've got to he's got to he's got to dial up the offense to fit a kid like this. You know to fit his uh, skill set. You can take elements from what he has from it, but what this kid can do, get outside the pocket, give himself kind of the, uh, you know, get out to the outside, have the option to run pass, throw over the, you know, throw over the defense. I mean, that's a, it's going to be a different offense than it was last year, and you, you kind of have to when you have a kid with the skill sets like that. So, Excellent points. And, you know, I don't think you're wrong at all in anything you're saying. I think it's good that they've got a transfer like Ashford, who is a veteran. Yeah, maybe he's not as skilled as what Sellers is. He doesn't bring the complete game like uh, Sellers does. But uh, having that experience and having a, a guy like that. Of course, you got Luke Doty as well. Let's don't forget him as a guy with experience. You mentioned some of those other quarterbacks that the Gamecocks had some sort of uh, contact with in the portal. There was Tate Rodemaker from Florida State. Chandler Morris from TCU, Zeon Chris from Louisiana. That was one that was supposed to visit. Uh, Malik Murphy there a little bit out of uh, Texas. You mentioned A.J. Swan from uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Malachi Nelson from Southern Cal. Those are some of the other quarterbacks that, you know, they had a look. The contact might have been nothing more than, hey, would you be interested in us? Maybe there was a... A direct message, maybe a phone call or two, uh, didn't really amount to anything, except the Swan situation looked real until he decided to go to LSU for whatever reason. Uh, and then they were able to get Ashford here at the end. So at least they were able to add somebody with experience to a young room. Top of the hour break. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sports Talk. Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblutz. Pat Daniel, Chris Bergen, 888-898-2525 is our phone number here on Sports Talk. As we go back to your calls, and next up will be at 888-898-2525. Next up is going to be, uh, duh, 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 duh. We are going up to Woodruff, and we will be, oh, we will be visiting with Roger in Woodruff. I couldn't find my list. Now I've got it. Roger. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Phil? We're doing great. It's good to have you with us. Thanks. Uh, I had a question, and this is going to be off the subject again. I don't do this every time, I'll tell you, but uh, I'm going to do it this time. Hmm? Uh, about the latest realignment figures uh, from the high school league. Yes. I had a question, and David Shelton might have to answer this, but... Uh, why is there such a disparity in the classes? You got 5A, 54, 4A, 41, 3A, 32, 2A, 46, and 1A, 50. 
Yeah. And numbers like all over the place. And I just, I mean, I, I went to Woodruff, but we studied that you, to get the average, you take the figures up and divide them by five, you know. But <laughs> they taught you, they taught, they taught you averaging in, at Woodruff? Did, did, yeah, they did. Did Coach Varner teach, teach that class in between weightlifting? He did not. In between weightlifting he, he taught, and football? He taught mechanical drawing, but I did not have Mechanical drawing. He taught mechanical, mechanical drawing. Mechanical drawing. How yes, about he that? Did. How about that? How about that? Um, I think, and Chris, you can jump in here as well, that a lot of that discrepancy is because of the new uh, multiplier, the times three, for every transfer student that you bring in. Not athlete, every transfer student right. outside your district counts as three students. Uh, you think I'm right on that, Chris? Is that kind of why we've got these numbers uh, skew like they are in terms of how many in this class, how many in that class? Well, I think that may be part of it because several of them went from 2A and leapfrog 3A to 4A. I think another thing you probably right. have to factor in, and I think David and or Lou would be probably better to uh, answer Roger's question than, than us, but I think part of it is geography too. You have to figure out a way. Not only do you balance the amount of schools you have in every classification, you've got to make sure there are certain numbers that are in the upstate, certain numbers that are in the lower state, mm-hmm. and certain numbers that, that teams yeah. don't have to drive three hours to play. And maybe 3A has gotten to a situation just because of population size that maybe there aren't enough mm-hmm. schools in, in both sides of the coin. Uh, basically what we have now, I guess, 16 in the upper state and 16 in the lower state to make it balance. Right. That, that and, would be my guess. I'm, and, not, I'm not sure, though. And coming up, let me tell you this from the high school league. They have put everything on their website as far as the breakdowns okay. of the classes, uh, but they don't have the numbers. They just have the schools. They don't have the, the enrollment figures next to the schools. But they are going to be this week, uh, let's see here, Classification placements in effect for two years. The league office will begin the process of placing member schools in regions within their respective classes. It's anticipated the classification region placements will be completed and sent to the member schools by Friday, the 26th. That Friday, the 26th? Yeah. So by the end of this week, you should know what your region is. That's the next step in this. Mm Mm-hmm. We sort of think that Woodruff will probably be in the region with a lot of Spartanburg County. There's Broom, Chapman. There's a new school, charter school called Mountain View, which is just north of Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. They're going to be playing football this coming year. Landrum actually will. They can let them go to 2A, but they actually have a bigger enrollment in Woodruff. So it's kind of interesting. Wow, that's amazing. Though. Well, again, but I think, yeah. you're, I think, Chris, you might be right. Some of it is uh, – Based on appeal, uh, even though the enrollment's more, they appeal. They got they got put down, but I think also the geography has something to do with it too. You got to have enough schools in a class to fill out the regions where proximity wise they're not driving right. all over the place. You don't want you know schools yeah. having to travel sixty seventy miles to go play. You, you don't know. want schools looking like they're on an island, sort of. If you look at it on a map and they're by themselves, I yeah. understand that. I just, I mean, some places it can't be helped. Curious. I mean, take Hilton Head High School, right. for example. I mean, they, they are on an island. And uh, you know Literally, that yeah. just to get to 95, to get to the next high school is a good – from Hilt, if you are on Hilton Head Island, as we all know, and you come up 278, let's say, to get to the <clears throat> to the mainland just from the island is a good, 
what, 10, 15 miles, then you go up 278, and it's another 15, 20 miles till you get to I-95. And then the close, well, you do have Bluffton. The first school you'll come across will right. be Bluffton. And then you've got Beaufort over about 20, 30 miles, then Hardyville, Ridgeville. Uh, but after that, it's a stretch to get to anybody. And that's probably uh, prevalent probably in certain parts of the state more so than, say, upper states, not it's more like the middle part yeah. and maybe the, the the low country, like the part you're talking about there. I, I think the upper that, state, but. you got enough schools that are close together where you don't have to do a lot of travel. Right. You know. You don't. Yeah. You really don't. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Roger, good hearing from you. Yeah. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Appreciate it. 888 is our number. 37. Change. Say again. Uh, it's amazing how things change in terms of population growth and the like. I remember when I was in the upstate in Clinton and, and doing uh, high school games for Thornwell High School 1A team, that they played Landrum because Landrum was 1A. And Roger's talking about it now being bigger than Woodruff, and I just happened to notice, I didn't see this, that Clinton is actually dropping from 3A back to 2A now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's remarkable some of the growth in certain places and the lack of growth in other places. Well, you weren't there Friday when I screamed when Abbeville won their appeal to stay in 1A or to go back to 1A. Nobody in 1A wants Abbeville <laughs> There's no doubt. to yeah, be exactly. in 1A. That's just not, it's not sensible for the rest of 1A, but that's where they, that's where they put them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wofford's uh, Sean Watson announced the hiring of Peter Collins for this coming season. He'll be the offensive passing game coordinator and work with the tight ends. Last two seasons, he worked as offensive quality control at Pittsburgh. Also, apparently now it's been uh, confirmed that uh, a change is uh, coming at Greenville High and uh, over to uh, to Lawrence High School. You know, I think the Lawrence, we had this on the show a few weeks ago about the situation at Lawrence. One of the newspapers there, I think, reported that uh, – coach from Greenville High would be making the move to Lawrence and things had to be completed as far as the school board and um, all of that uh, taken care of before it could become uh, official but apparently now it's moving into the official uh, category that um, Lawrence High is hiring the head football coach from uh, Greenville High to be their new head football coach which is um, – that's a heck of a pickup there yes, because Greenville High has been one of the best, especially offense, man. If you love, if you, if you love offense, then you're going to be uh, going to be in store for some great offense there because they, they throw the ball and, and catch the ball as well as, uh, as anybody in high school football, especially the last few years. So um, I think tonight is the night that they have the official board meeting up there to confirm everything. So – I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, dotting the I's and, and crossing the T's on that deal. Uh, we continue with your phone calls, 888-898-2525, down to Charleston and uh, GG. Welcome in, GG to Sports Talk. How are you? Good evening, Phil. Long time no talk to. GG, where have you been? Oh, my God, I've been everywhere, mm. cooking Keeping house, being a great wife. Yes. Working, working, and tutoring using my PhD. 
What can I tell you? Uh, The reason why I'm calling is, first of all, to tell both you gentlemen a happy and healthy New Year to each of you. Thank you. And I want to tell the audience listening, men as well as ladies, I have to give a shout-out to my wonderful husband, Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. who has taught me to appreciate basketball. I love when the Lady G's play and wipe the floor with other teams, and I love our new coach, Paris. He is breaking in a whole new group of male athletes, working his tush off, Mm. and I'm proud of him. He is doing a heck of a job. He's uh, doing a hell of a good job, working hard, breaking in all new players, and I am loving basketball with the Gamecocks. And this is from a real princess. (laughs) I hear you. I don't disagree. Uh, You know, winning makes everything look better, doesn't it? Well, I just am learning to appreciate basketball on a college level. I love baseball, that's for sure, Mm -hmm. professional baseball. I'm a baseball junkie. However, my husband has taught me to appreciate the art of college basketball. And when the Lady G's come on to play, I am there in the living room watching. You like those Lady G's? See, you can't call them Lady G's. They're just Gamecocks. They don't call them ladies anymore. They're just Gamecocks. Well, I'm a lady, and I mean it respectfully. Yeah. Well, everybody did before, but you know, for some reason, somebody in a position of power determined that somehow yeah, that was get, offensive you to people. you got to be careful with being politically correct. Well, not me, but others I have. I will be. Yeah, okay. And, and I'm not going to call them what they don't want to be called. They want to be called Gamecocks. Okay. I mean, they put out the official word, we do not want to be called lady this, lady the that. female basket players. They are fabulous athletes. Mm. They are wonderful. And Coach Dawn, she is just off the charts. Mm-hmm. She's always so articulate, always composed professionally, and she's always representing herself as a lady, in my opinion, and I mean that respectfully. Yes, I understand. I and understand. I hope you're doing well, Philip. Yes, ma'am. Sure am. It's great to I hear from you, Gigi. I still have my autograph paper on the refrigerator. That's amazing. That's well, where it belongs. I co- on the I side of a refrigerator. Kind of and a shout-out to the de facto mayor, our buddy and neighbor, Jerome. Yeah, have you seen <laughs> Jerome? He's been hiding from us. I think because football has been on, he's busy. Jeffrey says when the Dallas Cowboys are playing, he's busy. Mm. Well, they got their little heinies whipped by my team a couple of weeks ago, so that's why. Yes, they did. He's too fearful to pick up the phone. It's cold down here in Charleston. I don't care for it. I wish I was back down in Miami. (laughs) I don't blame you. Well, you and Jeffrey can go down there for a little vacation to warm up. Oh, yeah, and then watch everybody for spring training, which is right around the corner. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Do you know when I was a full-time professor at FIU in Miami, the main campus, who walked into my political science class one day? A-Rod. No way. Yes, sir, I'm telling the truth. At that time, 
he had been recently recruited by the Seattle Mariners, and he came in the spring, and he started taking classes. He was living in Miami with his parents, and when he finished the semester, he was always a gentleman, very participatory, very well-mannered, and then he went back to Seattle, and I have very fond memories of him as my student. He came back in the summer, and then he took a history class with me. And now I see him on Shark Tank as a big venture capitalist. <laughs> and you had something to do with that. I don't think so. Yeah. I hope his mother and father did. Yeah, obviously. Smart guy. you know. I always found him to be a gentleman, so mm -hmm. I can't be guilty of nasty gossip. He's not very good in love, but... Uh... And he wasn't hey, very good in the playoffs. Hey, a lot of us aren't. It, not, took me, it took me a long time. I, I went out with a lot of frogs before I met your fraternity brother. Mm. Well, he's no frog, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he is not with his hazel eyes of blue. Ooh. <laughs> Gigi, so it's great hearing from happy you. happy and healthy New Year. A pleasure talking to you. Same here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Gigi. Been a little now, while. There's so many, so many things to unpack from her call. First off, she and Hans need to get together and talk with Bobby Harton down in Charleston to see if they can get their own radio show down there with Bobby. That phone call those, always those makes me perspire when Gigi calls in. I always break out in a sweat. And she has an autograph from you? Is that what she was saying? That's what I hear. Were you out I on the side of the road selling autographs, corn autographs? I, I don't know what I was doing, but that's, that is what I understand. That is amazing. Uh, thank you, GGs. Great hearing from you. Uh, in just a moment, go back to your calls. Let me go back to what I was talking about with Lawrence in Greenville. Yeah, Pete Yannity reported the process of uh, Lawrence hiring Greg Porter from Greenville uh, is, has been moving on. He's alerted Greenville high officials he intends to take the job at Lawrence, and that school board uh, votes tonight on, a, on the head coach, so going to be happening to him. Uh, and then... Um, we forgot to mention this early on, but, of course, over the weekend, Pete Limbo uh, taking the head coaching job at Buffalo, leaving South Carolina after three seasons as their special teams guru. Huge loss. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that his impact on the team went beyond special teams. I would agree. You know. Because I think, and he's universally, from everything you hear about Pete Limbo, not only universally liked as as a person, but also as a coach, and clearly is very good at what he does. What's this is going to be his fourth head coaching opportunity, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and Buffalo seems to fit. He's a New York guy. Uh, they need a, they need to change up that way. Um, so good good luck to him. But you know, I think Shane Beamer probably when he met with you guys what Friday, probably felt like he was done. Yes. With, with having to hire anybody else. Well, he now. had he to know. I mean, it was uh, because Limbo met with Buffalo officials while he was on a recruiting trip up that way. It had to be the latter part of the week. I'm sure he kept Beamer in the know about what he was mm -hmm. doing. But then it came to fruition over the weekend, really picked up uh, heat over the weekend. Then it was right. uh, formally announced yesterday. So, And while he was here, he was the associate head coach and the special teams coordinator. So you got to think, aside from just special teams, being the associate head coach, I would imagine he was very involved in the day-to-day -day operations. During his three-year run in Columbia, his special team units have blocked 14 kicks after logging only eight blocks over the uh, previous five years combined. In 2023, led by place kicker Mitch Jeter, who was 12, 12 of 14 on field goal attempts on the season, 
Gamecocks also blocked four kicks, two field goal attempts, and two punts. The Gamecocks were 23rd in the nation in net punting, ranking, ranking 18th in punt return defense. He was also a Broyles Award Assistant Coach of the Year semifinalist. Uh, believe that was in 2022. When I feel like we talked on this program a number of times about there were at least three or four games in that 2022 season where it seemed like his special teams units absolutely won the ball game for mm-hmm. the for the Gamecocks. Yeah, and they and they sort of set the whole tone for that football team the way they played that uh, the special teams group and they kept you off balance with the fakes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. All right, got to hit a break on sports talk and we'll be back. Take more of your phone calls. Triple eight eight nine eight. 2525 is how you can reach us here. we got recruiting coming up and more if we have time to get it all in on a busy edition of Sports Talk. Have some great calls tonight. We appreciate that. And we'll continue with more coming up after this break. Don't go away. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, let's say I'm out in the woods or I'm on the water and I need to reach a DNR agent. How do I do that? Operation Game Thief, Phil. It's been around 30-plus years. You can call us at our 24-hour hotline any time of day, 1-800-922-5431. To report wildlife violations or to get help if you're in trouble in the woods or on the water, call us at Operation Game Thief, 1-800-922-5431. Last year was a big year for Founders Federal Credit Union and our amazing members. A total of $30 million was given back to qualifying members in the form of loyalty bonus dividends, proving once again that it pays to be a Founders member. Founders is also committed to pouring time and resources into the local communities we serve. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting for? Join Founders today. Visit foundersfcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Hi, yes, uh, I'll have the club sandwich and house salad. You got it, sweetie. I'll throw in a pair of designer sunglasses as well. Um, just lunch, thanks. How about a week at my boss's oceanfront villa? What? When you join the South Carolina Education Lottery's Players Club, you get way more than you expect. More chances, more wins, and more surprises. Today's special, a trip to low Earth orbit in a private spaceship. Join the Players Club at seeducationlottery.com because more happens here. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. All 
All right, we're back. Let's go to Hank in Columbia. We continue with our phone calls on this Monday night edition of Sports Talk. Hank, welcome into the program. How are you? I'm doing fine, Philip. Yes, sir. Hank. <laughs> Henry? Henry? Yeah, I, I'm just taking it from Gigi. I, I, Gigi. She, she, Phillip, so seems like she knew you in the personal sense. Well, she is married <laughs> to a friend of mine, so we do get a little personal sometimes. I've been down with Chris and figured that for <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, okay, of course, I, I read your story. I was surprised you did such a thorough story on the, the women's game with A&M. You had to like that shooting line they did uh, against A&M, especially considering the fact that A&M at the time when Sacramento went in there was the second-ranked or third-ranked defense in the country. Well, now, first of all, to be completely <laughs> honest, it was uh, Smitty who wrote the story, so let's give credit where credit oh, okay. is due. I should have, I should have known. <laughs> yeah, Smitty's a much better writer than I am, and uh, he deserves all the credit. Okay, yeah, that's it. That was one thing incredible about Eddie the other night is that South Carolina is number one in the country in field goal percentage defense. They're holding mm-hmm. teams at 29% or something, but A&M was third in the country. So it was the toughest defense they played all year long, mm. and they only give up 51 points a game, and South Carolina scored 54 in the first half. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that was over. listen, man, they're, they're, they're everything we thought they would be to this point. Now, if they go down and run LSU out the gym, then – I think you could say they're going to win it all, you know, barring any kind of injury or anything like that. There's nobody on in the country that can stay on the – I watched a little bit of Stanford highlights the other night, and uh, I don't think they can play with the Gamecocks. Uh, we'll see what LSU can do with their two great players and the surrounding core that they have uh, and playing in that atmosphere. You heard me talk about it's going to be a sellout, what ticket prices are going for. Um I don't, you know, if South Carolina mops yeah, these mean, people up, yeah, then be, that would be an indication that they're just going to run the table on everybody. Well, we just we just want to win, you know. We we replaced it so many people. We lost them last year, rank six. We just we just want to win. We don't have to kill them. Mm-hmm. We just want to want to go ahead and, and do it. I don't think the crowd is going to be an issue for our girls. Though. I think if you can go into UConn and beat them on their home floor and stop their 100-something game winning streak, mm-hmm. I don't think the crowd's going to do it. It's going to be basketball. But, Corn, I wanted to speak about your – you were talking about the uh, the high school realignments. Uh, there is a there's a tweet that Lou Bajak put out uh, last week right after the appeals, and it basically listed all the schools with the number their enrollments next to it. Mm-hmm. And so you can find that you'll see the enrollments, but in some of the enrollments where you see a school has an enrollment that's higher, it's skewed by the fact that some kids who are physically attached to the school, but then they don't attend the school. So oh, that's probably where. Right, hold that, yeah. hold that thought. We'll uh, come back to you here in, in just a little bit. Be right back. Sports talk continues after the break. We are back on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblutz, along with Chris Bergen and Pat Daniel. Phone number 888-898-2525. And in just a moment, we're going to do one of two things. 
We're either going to go back to phone calls. We have a special guest uh, scheduled, and we're trying to connect with him uh, right about now. We've talked to him off air, but now trying to connect with him back again has not happened yet. So as soon as we can make that happen, we'll do that. In the meantime, we'll go back to Hank real quick and finish up his comments. All right, Hank. Yeah, you know this stuff. Um, Explain to us about what you're talking about with these enrollment figures for the high school league schools. Well, you know, they're all kind of um, true to form, but they're – you don't have you're not privy to the appeals, but with some of the appeals, some of these schools where you'll look and you'll say, well, how's a school maybe let's say two A that has two hundred and sixty, and you have a school that's three uh, A that has uh, maybe one eighty or two hundred. That's just a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. In certain situations, when the schools are making appeals, there are certain schools where a kid and his money isn't attached to a particular school. And he may be going, he may actually physically be at another school um, in terms of a, a specific program or a specific um, uh, offering that that school has and has been allowed that, that transfer. So he'll still show up on this, a school's enrollment where as they may not participate with anything at the former school. And so sometimes when that happens, those numbers kind of, um, you have the transfer rule, but some of those things are, have been institutional coming up. So that that can skew some numbers. The strangest thing you mentioned about Abbeville was Abbeville, when they put the numbers up for Abbeville School in that link I told you about was Lubejack, uh-huh. but they were an extremely small school. Uh, they just, I mean, it must be that, that foot, the town loves football so well that they put together that team. When you look at their actual numbers, they it looks like they long should have been in 1A. Yeah. So are you saying that sometimes a student can count twice? Do they count them at both schools? No. What happens is sometimes schools, uh, a school's enrollment can be inflated from actually what's what's at a school that's actually physically able to use that person as a sport. So, you know, sometimes, you know, there are certain, there are certain districts where they may have one. Um, there are certain districts where they'll have one IB program offering that's kind of like a district program. And so you might have, 20, 30 kids go from a school to that program, another 20, 30 from the other. Hmm. Um, but, they're, but they're still attached to their school because that's where their student-based cost funding is sent. So gotcha. it still counts in a school's enrollment, even though that kid may not ever be on that school's campus and may not participate in anything that has to do with sports. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, we got to yeah. run. We got a special guest All standing right. by. Hank, good talking to you. We appreciate it. Okay. You know, we're right in the uh, heart of uh, the NFL playoffs. Uh, great weekend this past weekend to me. I mean, you can have your final four, and that's great, but uh, give me the weekend of NFL football we just had, and the TV numbers will tell you, 43-plus million watching the Lions, about 40 million watching the Packers and um, the, the Niners. The, the TV numbers are off the charts. So to talk more about that, little SEC and college football as well, We welcome in a former All-American from Texas A&M, a nine-year NFL vet, and he's still playing professional football to this day. His name is DeMontre Moore from Texas A&M, an Aggie and a standout defensive tackle in college and a man who's had a very fine professional football career. He joins us here on Sports Talk. And DeMontre, good evening. How are you? 
Uh, howdy. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And, boy, you've had quite the run in professional football. I was going over your your history and the number of teams that you've played for over the years, both in the NFL and now in the uh, Canadian League with Calgary. You've gotten a good look of uh, all around North America, haven't you? Uh, yes, sir. I'm widely, uh, I'm widely traveled. What they uh, travel? What they say? Uh, I can embrace that title of uh, being a true journeyman from the NFL to the CFL. Um, I got to see all across the state. So yeah, been traveling a lot. Do you take that more? Some people might say you you use the word journeyman. I mean, some people might take that as an insult. I think I would take it as a compliment. It means that somebody always wants you. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you when you're right. Um, I don't take it as an insult, uh, the word journeyman. We need to change that narrative. Um, there's a lot of negative connotations that uh, come out there uh, that's portrayed with the word journeyman, even uh, portrayed with one to play in the Canadian Football League. At the end of the day, you're playing professional football at the highest level. Some guys have never even made it past high school. So any moment that you're still there, you should be appreciative of it. And I'm just uh, grateful to say that I've been around for nine years. Uh, like you said, well, uh, one person's uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm. Well, I may, I've, 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 I'm the epitome of that. So, you know, like I said, it's always good to be wanted. It's like that hot girlfriend in uh, back you, you had in high school. Everybody wants her. You just got to wait your turn. There you go. Well, you were no man's <laughs> trash in college. You were a consensus All-American in 2012. You had 26 and a half career sacks at Texas A&M, 12 and a half as uh, your last year there, and then you were a third-round pick in the in the NFL. <coughs> Excuse me. What do you think about your pro uh, career to this uh, to this point? Um, I think it's been amazing. Uh, the average is uh, 3.5 years. Uh, I've been able to triple that. Uh, and keep going. You know, I I was fortunate enough to have a nine-year NFL career. Uh, I'm going into my third year playing in Canada, and who knows what the future may hold. I might be back in the NFL. I might be in Canada. We don't know. The the fact that I still get to play this game, a child's game for yeah. King's Ransom, uh, hey, I'm living beyond the wild. Like they say uh, when you go to Vegas, I'm playing with house money, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I it, can't lose. Is Is the money good in Canada, and does it spend well? Hey, I mean, it's good enough. Uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, when you start out your rookie year, it's nothing compared to the NFL. But uh, at the end of the day, you're able and blessed enough and fortunate enough to pay um, pay for the means of my livelihood. Uh, my wife, my kids, they enjoy it. The bills keep getting paid mm. and the check keep clearing. And uh, <laughs> to be playing football while doing it, hey, man, you can't beat that. Most guys are clocking into a nine to five. How many guys can actually say that they're going in? and doing something that they love as a career. And it's not like it's a job. It's not that it's a passion, but it has been a career. I've been playing uh, 12 years of professional football over a decade. So anytime that check clears and it's uh, for playing the sport, I am completely okay with that. Visiting with uh, DeMontre Moore. Now, uh, up in Canada, we all know that <clears throat> the rules are a little different and uh, the field is is wider. And <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm battling the end of a head cold. Um, the field, oh, I understand. It's yeah, a mouthful over there. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, but from your standpoint as a defensive lineman, is the game much different? Uh, except, I guess yeah. maybe one of the big things is uh, what? They only have, you only play three downs before you punt. Am I right about that? 
Yes, sir. There is a number of rule changes that are different compared to the NFL, but like um, the overall premise, football is still football, but it is a big um, culture shock for me uh, having a fast get off. Uh, that being one of my best assets, it kind of gets neutralized when you go up there because you have to play a yard off the line of scrimmage. So no matter how good your get off is, you still have that offensive line that has a yard to recover before you make uh, contact with them. So that's one of the rule changes. Um, another rule change, like you said, the fields are wider, so you got to run a little bit farther. So for me, being a sideline to sideline guy, it takes sideline to sideline to a whole new meeting. And so the fact that I can still run sideline to sideline up there with a wider field, that's a testament to my conditioning and a testament to my off-season program with my coaches that I've uh, trained with from Derek Johnson, uh, who's Earl Spence boxing coach, to Nathan O'Neill, who just got hired as the defensive line coach uh, um, in Edmonton up there, and then uh, Ryan Mensler, who I've been training with since my rookie year coming out the draft, uh, doing draft prep. So it's a combination, and my hat goes off to them to have me ready to make those adjustments with the rules and stuff. Demontre, you're an outstanding young man. I think the inspiration you have is is just remarkable to me because I would think after being cut from different teams and trying to latch with one and maybe play a couple of years and the the amount of times you've had to go through that process, how do you keep getting back up and not get discouraged and say, you know what, I don't I don't want to deal with football anymore? Um, for me, um, how do I – how do I keep getting back up when you get knocked out or some uh, one team tells you no after another? That is a phenomenal mm-hmm. question. And I think for me, I take this one mantra with me. Uh, my coach, um, like I said, I've been blessed uh, playing 12 years professionally. Not uh, That's not including my college career and all the coaches I've had along the way. But um, one of the guys that sticks out to me, his name is Joseph Wheelock. Uh, he is actually a high school coach right now. He coached me and Justin Matabuku, who's playing this weekend for the Ravens, who's been doing having a phenomenal year. But one of the things that he told us in high school was the word Invictus. Uh, it was a Latin word that meant unconquerable. And that mantra has stuck with me from transferring from school to school um, this isn't me being a journeyman is, uh, in the NFL. I guess that was already kind of, uh, seen in fruition because I went to three elementary schools before I finally found, uh, one public school to go to. And then even after that, from fourth grade until sixth grade, I ended up transferring from another high school, um, and stayed there for only a year. And the one thing that, uh, stayed with me is like, no matter where I go, I'm going to, be the top level of the competition. I'm going to go in there. Uh, somebody tells me no. Somebody tells me I didn't grow up in this system. I got to go. That is my fuel and my fire. Um, coach uh, Robert uh, Sala, the head coach for the Jets, always said, have your why. My why was always saying, if you told me no, I'd be damned if uh, I was going to let that be my answer. Nobody defined me. <laughs> and so when one person told me no, it was like, okay, you know, sometimes you got to get back to the grinder. Look at yourself in the mirror and most importantly, know that you're built for this. And literally, I will talk to myself in the morning and I'm like, can't nobody stop you. You can't be denied. Your talent is undeniable. The one thing that you need to do is play the game within the game. And once you do that, everything else will be like, uh, it'll be raining cats and dogs. It'll be an abundance of joy for you. And literally, I learned how to do that. And I was fortunate enough to where most of those guys aren't able to latch on in their career and go find a team. It was like, hey, have that resiliency and go do good. And some of those teams, they wanted to keep me at the end of the year when it came to free agency. I just chose to go to another uh, place because 
I thought there might be a better opportunity or something like that. And so it's like you said, somebody always wants you. So you just got to keep going. And I'm applying that um, not only in football, but in every aspect of my life. I've been doing this since day one. And I'm going to do it in football, and I'm going to do it well when football's done. If that's in the media, sports broadcasting world, motivational speaking, like I – I, I challenge anybody to go on and live with that mantra of being Invictus, uh, being unconquerable. Uh, I have it tattooed on my right arm uh, behind my tricep, so that way I'll never forget it and I give it a tap. Demontre Moore, who I think will be an outstanding public speaker, for no doubt about it, joining us here tonight on Sports Talk. Uh, all right, Demontre, give you a chance to, to put on that broadcasting hat for just a moment. You watched, I'm sure, the divisional round of the NFL playoffs now that we're down to four AFC-NFC championship games this weekend. As you watch San Francisco and Detroit on the NFC side and, and certainly Kansas City and Baltimore, what do you see from those four teams and who do you envision going to the, uh, the uh, Super Bowl after this weekend? Man, we we are blessed and in a hell of a time to enjoy some great football. I'm going to start on the side of the Ravens, the Ravens versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you have two immaculate quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson, who uh, has my vote for MVP, but uh, Patrick Mahomes, who has who's been an MVP before, who's a Super Bowl uh, winner and has a tremendous team around him. You have those quarterbacks, but I'm going to take it a step different. What, everybody's going to be showing the quarterbacks love. Me as a defensive lineman, I got to bring it back to my roots. I got to go to the defensive side. And that's what I think is going to come down to is the battle of the defenses. And if we're going to have to be picking, um, I think the Ravens defense, um, they're firing on all cylinders right now. Chuck Smith, who I think is the unsung hero over there, him, my boy uh, Zach Orr, who I had the privilege of playing against and being uh, really good friends. We came out the same draft year. He's their linebacker coach. But those guys have that linebacker in front seven humming right now. <laughs> what do you say? You sweet as mother's milk. And mm. so right now they are going between the talent and the scheme. But then on that same in that same sword, you have Kansas City Chiefs defense who uh, – Defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolia, who was uh, <laughs> the innovator of the NASCAR defense that has won the Super Bowl before time and time again, not only with uh, KC, but even dating all the way back to New York Giants. And what, uh, I'm going to steal a quote from one of my favorite rappers, Little Wayne, experience is the best teacher. So when you have all those things coming down into play, I think whoever has the better defense is going to win that game. And if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'm going to go and lean with the Ravens with that pass rush. I think they're just going to be too phenomenal. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to go over there and make the plays that he made. But we also have to take into consideration that they're also adding two of their biggest weapons this weekend, Marlon Humphrey and then Andrews coming back at tight end. So now that he has two more weapons, that's going to be more of a threat for him. You have to worry about him throwing his legs and then on top of that, other people making plays. And that's going to be less stress. And when it's less stress, you go out there and you do your best. So I got the Ravens edging that one out. And a close nail biter, I think that one's going to be a shootout. And then we're going to flip it over and go to the side of San Francisco versus the Detroit Lions. Ah, man, y'all are pulling in my heartstrings right here. Me being a 49ers fan, you know, going to the Super Bowl with them, we didn't win it. But um, I've been saying the last few years, this is going to be the year that they finally cap it off. But with us saying that they're going to cap it off, they're meeting a tough momentum team right now. We always know that it's not the big guys that you have to worry about. It's the scary, the skinny guys that you have to uh, worry about right now. And right now, Detroit Lions is that scary. I wouldn't even say skinny because they're – 
they're they're their own monster within themselves. Uh, I'm gonna I love using analogies, and so I'm gonna use this one analogy where they say a hungry dog hunts best. Well, in this case, a hungry lion is hunting best right now. Mm. They have the momentum. They've beaten the big teams. They're proving that they're not even supposed to be here. Nobody was even thinking about it. We all, like, laughed when Dan Campbell came in and said that we're going to have that ankle-bite mentality and mm. just go get that grit. Well, guess what? He has done that exceedingly and abundantly and embraced that Detroit culture. The city is not known for being a glamorous city. It's not like Miami, New York, uh, hell, even San Francisco. It is the motor city known for forward, hardworking people, blue-collar people. And that is what Dan Campbell embodies. And they said the ship only goes as far as the captain right now. And that captain is humming, and everybody has embraced that mantra. They have embraced being the ugly, hardworking guys. And I think with Jared Goff doing the things that he does, he has a plethora of offensive weapons. I think both of these defenses are phenomenal. When you have Nick Bosa, Aiden Hutchinson, they're going to kind of even out there. Um, I think San Fran defense has the slight edge with their front seven because you have Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Chase Young, (laughs) Randy Gregory, all these other guys over there. But where I think that is going to be the difference maker in that game, as much as I want to go with Dan Campbell and the unsung hero, it's like that similar Cinderella story. The clock is striking 12 right now. I hope it doesn't happen. Don't be surprised if they end up in the Super Bowl. But I do think that San Francisco offense is going to overpower them too much. You have Brock Purdy, who's clicking on all cylinders. I think him and Jared Goff are evenly matched as far as the quarterback. But I think the running back play is going to separate itself from Christian McCaffrey um, over Gibbs. And then you have the tight end, Laporta versus uh, uh, George Kittle, who's been there. I think that experience is just going to take over. And then they have the big X factor in Debo Samuel and Trent Williams right there at offensive tackle. And I think that's just going to be too much momentum to take the Lions off. Now, don't be surprised if they do go there. I think Dan Campbell is such a fighter that he will have that team over there fighting and grabbing ankles. And so it's not going to be as easy as San Francisco think getting out of there. DeMontre, it's been great having you. Boy, I hope we can have you again. Tell Annie to uh, rebook you. With us, yes, sir. Anytime, Thank we y'all can, for having me. We can talk to you it. forever, but man, <laughs> love, love your passion and love what you've done in your career. Uh, good luck moving forward. We're here for you. Anytime you want to talk football, let us know. We'll we'll make room for you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for giggling. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Demontre. Yep. All right, Demontre right. Moore. Thank you, sir, Demontre Moore. And, uh, yeah, you know, from time to time, we're able to bring you folks like this through a, a, a talent agency that we are connected with. Not that we have any talent. They have the talent. And uh, they provide us with some great guests and knowledgeable people. And we appreciate uh, DeMontre being on with us tonight. He's terrific. And yeah, that was some, really good. Some great stuff. All right, we got to do recruiting here in our final minutes. It's a Monday night edition of Recruiting brought to you by Seawells. Brand new week of the Seawells Daily Luncheon Buffet, so make sure you take time out to get over there this week anytime from 11 to 2 for the best in the uh, best buffet that you'll find anywhere in the South Carolina, in the world. It'll be right there for you at Seawells across from the state fairgrounds. You got something that needs uh, the very finest in the catering business, you give Seawells a call as well at 803-771-7385 online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. So USC tonight offered a rod receiver to Nook Hines, 61180 from Houston. Clemson tonight offered 
cornerback Tay Harris of Cedartown, Georgia. <clears throat> he decommitted from Georgia last week. Bulldogs coach Kirby Smart was in to see him today. USC and Clemson target safety Jonte Gilbert of Atlanta was at Georgia Tech yesterday. He was at NC State Saturday, and he was at Georgia last Saturday. He is scheduled for South Carolina this Saturday. South Carolina native 2027 quarterback Mason Holtzclaw of Christ School in Asheville, North Carolina, was offered by Appalachian State. Running back Zion Dobson of Hampton County, a finalist for Mr. Football, committed to North Carolina Central. Cornerback Shamari Earls of Chester, Virginia, plans to visit USC this weekend. Earls is a coveted player for the Gamecocks. He visited Tennessee over the weekend. He was at USC last April. He's got Southern Cal, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Maryland, Penn State, Georgia, Tennessee among his offers. Somerville quarterback Jaden Cummings has offers from Old Dominion, Central Michigan, Jacksonville State, and Georgia Southern. (coughs) Excuse me. Camden receiver Aiden Harriet committed to Wingate. Quarterback Tyron Moore of DeLon, Florida, committed to South Carolina State. Uh, Former Myrtle Beach quarterback Ryan Berger is transferring from Appalachian to Liberty. 2026 corner Jazavian Currents of South Point, offered by Georgia Tech, Purdue, and Tennessee. Hammond tight end Mike Tyler, offered by Virginia Tech. T.L. Hanna cornerback Cam Strong was at NC State on Saturday. Offensive lineman Carter Remph of Camden, the son of the Bulldogs head coach, committed to Newberry. Gaffney offensive tackle Shed Surratt, who was at USC Saturday, was offered by Georgia Tech. Charleston native tight end Marshall Pritchett of Rabin Gap, Georgia, was offered by Virginia. Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney and offensive line coach Matt Luke visited offensive tackle David Sanders of Charlotte on Thursday, and Sanders will be among the uh, prospects at Clemson Saturday for their junior day, according to Paul Strelo of Tiger Illustrated. Clemson and USC are on the outside of his top three, Sanders, according to Evan Crowell, listed Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia as the top schools with Sanders. Cornerback D.J. Pickett of Tampa was at Clemson over the weekend. He also visited last spring, scheduled for Miami this weekend, and then Oregon the following weekend. Linebacker Brett Clatterball will visit Clemson Saturday. He was at Penn State this past weekend. He'll be at Virginia Tech on the 29th. Clemson target offensive lineman Mason Short of Evans, Georgia, decommitted decommitted from Alabama and plans to visit Clemson Saturday. He visited Clemson earlier in the month and plans to visit Florida on February 3rd. Offensive tackle Mal Waldrop of Phoenix City, Alabama, will be at Clemson this weekend. Quarterback Ryan Montgomery was at South Carolina Saturday, visited as well with basketball coach Lamont Paris. He was at Georgia today. He'll be at Florida next weekend. Offensive tackle Michael Carroll of Pennsylvania was among those at USC Saturday, recently picked up an offer from Michigan State. USC target linebacker Montrez Walker visited Miami 
over the weekend. And USC Target Center Isaac Sewells of Louisville plans to visit the hometown Cardinals on Tuesday. He was at NC State on Saturday. Okay, that'll do it for recruiting and for me and for Pat and for Chris. Thank you, Chris. Yes, sir. Quite the trooper to get through uh, recruiting. Need, need, a, well. need a little more nasal spray. Have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow.